0: Hello. Welcome back to the Psych Legal Pop podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about popular culture through the lens of an attorney and a therapist. I'm Brooke Brigham. I'm the attorney. And I'm Tess Brigham. I'm the therapist. In this episode, we are going to be talking about the Netflix documentary just released uh, called Anna Nicole Smith. You don't know me. And um, it was a doozy. Yeah, (laughs) it was a lot. And I don't know how I feel about it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was. It was. Yeah, we were talking about this before we started, and it's it's hard to even write. It's hard to even know where to start Mm -hmm. because it's a it's you know big picture it's it's not a very well made documentary part of the problem being that it's a 2 hour documentary which i appreciate you know after watching so many things it's not it's not um Six 10 hours. hours you know it's yeah. not yeah it's not a million hours long which i appreciate but it's also there are some things that are glossed over that are really mm-hmm. important that you wonder why they gloss over. There are some things that are really, they give you chirons about that you realize, I didn't need a chiron. I didn't need to meet this person or I didn't need to know that person's name or who they were mm-hmm. or meet them. And then... You know when she gets married, they don't even tell us the date or when this happens, and it's just glossed over <laughs> it's just some some footage video footage yeah, and some recordings of him trying to get a hold of her and it's yeah. like, well, we're not going to talk about this or anything so yeah. it's a little it's a little irritating and and the structure of it and then and and like I said, there are some big things that are also glossed over and um and then uh, we were reading some articles from Uh, from the filmmakers, because we were trying to learn more about the filmmakers, why they made this film... And I feel like the articles and interviews from the filmmakers were actually a little more interesting than the film itself. Because the filmmakers, the points that they were trying to make about her and about Anna and her role in our society and, and what she represented is far more interesting than the actual film itself. And I think maybe more interesting than the person that she was. Yeah, the thing is... I. I never thought she was very interesting
0: or yeah. compelling. I always felt like she was a joke. People just made fun of her and mm-hmm. and she was always was so out of it and people exploited her and she did not come off well, you know, that whole reality show that she did. Did just, you watch the reality show? I watched some episodes and it's just very, very cringy because, you know, it's like she had gained a lot of weight mm-hmm. and there a lot of it was about her weight, and, yes. you know, oh, she's going to go on a diet, and then you should see her the next minute, like, eating a bunch of cupcakes, mm-hmm. and I mean, it, it really was, I thought, exploiting her and making fun of her, and she just seemed so out of it, because yes. she had a pill yes. addiction that was pretty severe, and she just always seemed like she barely knew where she was mm-hmm. or what was happening to her, and it's just a really sad story, and another thing the um, filmmakers were pointing out is that right now, there's a lot of documentaries out there about women's redemption story mm-hmm. like the Pamela Anderson and Monica Lewinsky and all these different women. And this is not a redemption yeah, story.
2: Yeah, I, I, I actually, I watched the reality show when it came out, almost kind of like that, you know, train wreck way. And I... I don't enjoy laughing at people. I really had a hard time watching the show and I sort of stopped because of that. I was just like, I can't keep watching this. This is making me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I do love Howard Stern, not her, not... Not Howard K. Stern, right. this guy, the Howard Stern, the radio. And but I will say one of the things about Howard Stern, the radio shock jock that I've always disliked was that he is obsessed with women being thin and mm-hmm. thinness. And he did make fun of her and her weight. And they do show that in the documentary. And and um and it always bothered me. And I remember when she came on the show and them saying things about that and that bothered me then. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think they were really rough with her about that. And um, and then she did come back on after she had lost a bunch of weight. And um, and I did think that, uh, so I, I don't think You know, I do think that the world did put a tremendous amount of pressure on her, right, to lose a bunch of weight. And I did feel like everybody is in on this joke and making fun of her that she wasn't aware of. But no, I don't think this documentary made her look better. I think it really made her look far worse Worse, than it was. Um, And I do think that I, I... and I actually feel, I don't know, I was very angry by the end of this documentary, like really irritated and I annoyed. just wanted it
0: to be over. Mm. I kept looking at, you know, how much time is left on this? <laughs> I I just, I was I was bored, mm. you know, and I felt like they were just whizzing through, like, all that stuff that happened at the end of her yeah. life, which is some of the more interesting stuff with the whole thing about the paternity of the baby yes, and the, yes. her son's death and all this stuff. They just kind of whipped on through that and... Talked about how sad it was that she died and everyone was so upset. And it's like, well, yeah, obviously, but why are we glossing over so much stuff? But anyway, I do think it's pretty remarkable that this woman from this tiny town, population, you know, 6,900 people mm-hmm. in the Bible Belt in Mejia, Texas, uh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> decides I'm out of here. Yeah, And, and she... uh yeah, takes off with her friend Missy. Yes, yes. Or, or she meets her friend Missy. She's, uh, I mean, it's at a strip club and yeah. her first job.
2: Well, and and so, yeah. I guess I I feel like what really bothered me about the entire documentary is I feel like there's this narrative of the documentary of here's this, this narrative that everyone wants to tell, which is here's Anna. She was this girl who had this dream and her big narrative is she's this girl that had the dream and she loved her son. And she was, you know, she was this broken woman and we all just need to feel sorry for her because really in the end, you know, she would do anything for her son. And in the end, you know, she lost her son and because she would do anything for, hold on, she would do anything for her son and she, all of this. And my feeling is this, Anna didn't do everything for her son. No, we barely Anna, even saw the son. Anna the was about thing. Anna. Anna yeah. has always been about Anna. Anna is, um, Anna has been about using people and using anyone who's been there to do what she needed to do to get to the next step and that she had a massive horrendous addiction that made her partially a bit of a monster so i don't think that she under i don't think that she at her core was an awful person but i do think that she was somebody that it was all about her and she's always been all about her and i think that she has justified her behavior for her entire life in her mind, in these last the last couple lines of the film were her, mo- her mother saying, you know, why did you do this? Why did you make up these lies? Why did you pretend all this? And she's like, this is my life. It's about me. And I think that that summed it all up, that Anna justified every last action that she took her entire life, which was, it's about me. It's my life. And it's a little bit of like, you don't get to do that, Anna. That's not, and t- my feeling is you don't get to do that. You don't get to do that. No, you don't. It's not all about you. Sorry, and I personally think that makes you kind of an asshole. <laughs> I mean, and come at me if you want. Yeah, if you think I'm I'm being mean about this, but you don't. If you if you say it's all about me, you know, it's all about me. Ha ha ha! Great, you can go be a nomad somewhere. But if you want to be part of our society. You don't get to be you don't get you don't get it to be all about you. You don't get to do that. You don't get to lie about people and defame people mm-hmm. like and and do that. You just don't. Sorry. No, I mean, she's full of shit. You know, all,
0: all that <laughs> stuff don't. about her son being, oh, he's my everything. He's no. my well, No. First of all, where is he? Where uh, he's not even you see a couple pictures of him in passing or videos of him in the documentary. Where is he when you're out doing all this? Yeah. Shit? Who's taking care of him? Um, like, really? No, it's, he's not the most important thing to you. And he, he obviously was struggling yes. with uh, addiction that took his life and she wasn't there for him. Um you know, no, she's just a she's a liar, and yeah. yeah, she lied about her past. She made up these stories about how, how her mother used to handcuff her yes. to the bed and beat her savagely, and everyone is like that's just not true, and the mother is you know trying to defend herself, but yeah, yeah, she made up this story, so. People would feel sorry for her, so because she knows that bad things attract more attention than because good things. it made
2: her seem like she had a rougher childhood to make it seem like she, you know, crawled, overcame all, overcame this, yeah. more. Yeah. So no, she's very unlikable. Yes, Yes. That's why it's it yes, it hard I, to watch. So that's why I think whatever the filmmakers were trying to do, they really failed at. I mean, if you if you're trying to If you're trying to show us, because the article that I was reading, they were like, oh, well, we wanted to show her vulnerability. What vulnerability are you trying to show us? You never showed us any vulnerability.
0: No, at all.
2: um, I don't know. Should we start from the beginning of the thing or how do you want to do this? I don't want to go
0: through this, uh, like, you know, scene by scene. It's just too much. I mean, maybe we can just. Yeah. I mean, everybody said. That she loved to be the center of attention. Mm-hmm. That was the one. And she was very, very beautiful. Calm and that was the thing. She was
2: she, she loved being with, she was very, very pretty. She loved being the center of attention. She quit school very young and she didn't want to listen to her mom. And she was raised by her mother and stepfather. And her mom was a police officer like a she, corrections or a officer. sheriff. And she so she got a job at Jimmy's crispy fried chicken. And she met Billy, who was a cook there. And I guess Billy kind of was the first guy that I think ever said kind of no to her. So she got infatuated with him, Mm -hmm. and then she started dating him. They got married, and I think she might have gotten pregnant first. You think they did? They they got married. Yeah, she was only seventeen. Yes. So she very, you know, very rashly with no thought process gets pregnant and has Daniel, and. But he got very jealous and she wasn't happy. So she has Daniel. So and then six months old, she splits and she leaves with Daniel. And it's 1986. And she's this Mejia, Texas is right outside of Houston. And this is the oil boom. So she goes to Houston and she goes to a strip club. And she basically she's very, very beautiful. And she gets a job as a um,
0: stripper. Yeah, and she meets this woman, Missy, who becomes Mm -hmm. her lifelong friend. And she said Anna was very good at it. She knew what she was doing. She made Mm -hmm. a lot of money. Yeah. Um, And she told Missy her sad story, you know, her made-up sad story. About her mother. About her mother. And then uh, Missy said she was on a mission to get a boob job. Yes. And that this is what started the pain pill addiction, is that after the surgery— she said she started on pain pills, Vicodin, Klonopin, Xanax, Valium. And she said she was always taking them.
2: Okay. I, I also want to say something, too. Vicodin is a pain med. Valium, Xanax, and Klonopin, those are all anti-anxiety meds. Mm-hmm. Those are not pain meds. So it was a little bit like. They would, if you had a rupture problem with your pain, they wouldn't prescribe you Klonopin, just FYI. That's well, why it was she, just, a, it was a little bit of like, so this is when she decided she figured out, like, ooh, this feels good. I'm going to go get a bunch of other meds.
0: Yeah. I mean, they could have given her the you anxiety med. Maybe she had anxiety. Yeah. The that's what I'm just I saying. It's a little
2: bit like, this is where she feel, figured out, like, ooh, this is working for me.
0: Yeah, so that's where she met, I guess, like Yeah. kind of skip... Again, yeah, this, no, I think this, this is where also, she met. Him. They yeah. skip around and skip forward, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's 1991. Okay, yeah. so she met, um, while she's dancing, she met the man who she eventually got married to, and he was a widow, he was like 90 years old, he was a billionaire, J. J. Howard Marshall. J. Howard Marshall. And he was... Infatuated with her and I think she saw a great opportunity. He bought her a car and a house and asked her to marry him many times, uh, she claims, Mm -hmm. but uh, she didn't. And she told him something like, I've got to make it on my own first, some (laughs) hogwash. And then all of a sudden, we're at the Playboy Mansion. Yes. Well,
2: so we we meet Marilyn Grabowski. And if anyone follows that, she's the um, woman that picks people for Playboy. And I guess I guess Anna had been sending in her photos to Playboy. Mm -hmm. And somehow we got Anna's photos. Now, this came out later on in the documentary that apparently Jay Howard had been supporting Anna a lot. That that apparently, like, part of what helped Anna was Jay Howard was... You know, paying for Anna to, because you know it's hard. It's like you know, paying for Anna. He's paying for stuff like for I mean, her to get her clothes, her hair done. Yeah, get her, and, her agent. Well, l- her, and also PR. Like PR is yeah. very expensive. Like you could get a PR team, and then if you have a good PR team, your PR team will introduce you to, oh, go to this party, meet this person, and I'm wondering if someone. I'm wondering if a good PR person said, you know, put her photo in the right person's hand and said, Mm -hmm. hey, do this. Yeah. And again, I think that she did have, you know, she's a very attractive woman. She did have the look. She did have all of that. But I think it was her connection to to Howard, Jay Howard, that got her playboy for sure. So and then they told this whole story about how, like, she was shy and struggling at the shoot. I'm like. The same woman who has been stripping, stripping every night uh, yeah, for five okay. years. But then they played the Diamonds Are Girl's Best Friends song. And she really kind of like came out of her shell. I was just like, wait, the what? The? That was weird. Huh. And then so she, Missy, moved in with Anna to help with Daniel. Because Guess someone's yeah, got to watch. Someone's got to watch this kid. And then again, Billy, the father, is. Just okay with all this? Billy's just giving up parental rights? And just just to uh, yeah. Billy's like, he's an 18-year-old yes. kid in Texas. So she's on the cover of Playboy, and Paul Marciano from Guess sees her. And well, no, he talked to that woman from Playboy. Marilyn Mar- Marilyn
0: is the one. She told um, Paul Marciano about Anna Nicole and said mm-hmm. that she's the next Claudia Schiffer. Yes, so then, because sh- all the guest models were like famous people. That's like right. Claudia Schiffer yeah. and um, oh, Christy Turlington and that whole like, yeah. uh, 90s
2: crowd. And in the, I remember like in the late 80s, guest jeans were the jeans oh, yeah. and they were very expensive at that time. Yeah. I want to say they were like. Forty dollars or fifty dollars, which I, is a lot of money they for were jeans. A little bit more than that, yeah. Which was again more like at the, seventy-five dollars at that time. At that which, time, that was that like, was a lot of that'd money be for like jeans. A two or three
0: hundred dollar pair yeah. of jeans today,
2: and that was a big deal. But I do, I do remember at that time, like when she became the guest model. Mm-hmm. Like that was a big deal, and she was, and also I think at that time why that was so significant was that. We were living in this time of Kate Moss, this kind of wafy model. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. That kind of like heroin chic, you know, skinny. And here was this woman who was tall and big and broad shoulder and boobs and hair. And it was refreshing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I remember that. Yeah. And, um... So yeah, and then all of a sudden she's the guest model and she's on billboards everywhere and this woman just came out of the middle of nowhere.
0: Yeah, it really was. All yeah. of a sudden she was famous. Everyone yeah. everyone knew who she was. Yeah. It was crazy. So, yeah, so she she's and now she's out and about in Hollywood and um, you know, she's she's playing that game with the paparazzi. You know, she poses for them. She talks to them. She's nice to them. And, you know, they would get a lot more per shot of her, a lot more money per shot Mm -hmm. because they were
2: good pictures, you know, engaging pictures. But, yeah, this is one of the pieces about the film film. That's so weird. It's like all of a sudden we're meeting Kevin Smith, tabloid journalist. Now we're meeting a paparazzo and they don't explain why are we meeting you now? Like, why are you telling us about this? That's what's very irritating about this. And then now we're seeing her on the phone talking about she's getting all these roles. She's getting offers to do movies. Mm -hmm. She's in the Hudsucker proxy, the Coen brothers movie, which didn't do very well. And she has like one line in. And then I guess she got the offer to do the mask. She must have gotten the camera. She must have gotten offered the Cameron Diaz role. But they only wanted to pay her 50 grand. Yeah, but it's, it is interesting. Like, what if she just she did it? That's what's so interesting about these things is, yeah, that's very little money, but it's a little bit of like, but it's like Jim Carrey. He was very famous. Yeah, at but it's time. It, you know what? Like a lot of people get fit. You're no, you know, you, yeah, you don't you're really a nobody. Have, you do not really a, have any. Nobody any knows chats, you. And a lot of people get 50 grand their first role. Like a lot of people do. At, and th- at that time, I could tell you a lot of people. That we're getting that much for their first role. Yeah, that was so, really stupid. Of her. I, I do wonder about that. And what was there was the other one, Naked Gun Three. Was she in that or no? Oh, I don't know. I feel like they went with yeah. So, um, and then we also meet Kelly Moore, who I guess is Anna Nicole's attorney, who's Anna Nicole's maybe first attorney for yeah. this whole case with. Jay Howard. Well, I think this is
0: before the whole Jay Howard thing, but I guess she starts
2: talking about how Jay Howard wanted to adopt Daniel. Oh, and I'm like, okay. So, what about Billy? Did Billy give up his rights? Well, but that that
0: he he. Maybe Jay Howard was serious about it, but Mm -hmm. I think he was just trying to do whatever he could to hold on to her Mm -mm. because he knew that even with all his money, she's not going to, you know, she's not going to stick around. And um, but I I doubt that um, Anna ever wanted that or Mm -hmm. uh, but but there was one part where uh, Daniel was calling him dad. Yeah. Like, I, I doubt Daniel ever saw his father again. I mean, they don't. Yeah, they, I guess They so. never
2: mentioned the. No, we never hear about this guy again. ever
0: again. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So,
2: um. But <laughs> this is my favorite part. <laughs> this is so we see the scene of. You know, Anna dutifully going to Jay Howard's house for the holidays. And we see, you know, he's in this wheelchair and Daniel's there and it's the holidays and she's, we're unwrapping gifts and she's helping him unwrap a gift. And so she's giving him, she's given Jay Howard this gift and she gives him this gift of a big, giant blow up picture of her in like a naughty Santa, like Mm -hmm. Santa outfit in front of her son. Is here's mommy, you know, here's mommy giving. I mean, you're looking at this photo. You're looking at this picture going. So this is you doing everything you can for your son. Right. This is you. Right. Like, this is this is great mothering just right in front of your son. Yeah. And the lawyer at the time. So the lawyer is saying and the lawyer in the background is going, you know, she's not a gold digger. She's not a gold digger. You're just watching this scene like.
0: Whatever. Whatever.
2: You know, let's kind of call I mean, yes. Do I think that Anna cared about this person? Yeah, I do think she cared about him. I think he cared about her. Do I think do I think that she cared about him as a human being? Yes. I think they cared about each other. Do I think that if he worked at, you know, a steel mill that she that she would Hang out with him and want to spend time with him? Of course not. No. And if she was a mousy brown haired little girl, you know, would he want to hang out with her? No. Like, let's call this what it was. Like, they both wanted, there was some, there was some need that they both were getting from each other. So let's just all, let's all be honest with each other about what this, what this all was and stop pretending oh stop romanticizing yeah come on you guys well
0: then this this is one of the more disturbing parts yeah Um, this just pivots to this out of nowhere yeah um so anna decides that she she hires a private investigator to find her biological father and they found him and they originally called uh, her brother like i guess it's her half brother on her father's side donnie um and so a PI contacted them. Said Anna Nicole wanted to reconnect. She flies them out to LA, picks them up in a limo, and she's got like pigtails on. Yeah, like she's kind it's of very and, disturbing. And she's, and she's acting like a little girl. She's like, "Oh my god, daddy!" And she's hugging him. And this guy, he looks like an Elvis impersonator. Yeah, and he's just kind of going. He's looking around like, "Okay, what the hell?" And they're drinking champagne in the limo and. Um, they just look really stunned, and the dad is—he even in the limo, he's kind of handsy with her. Mm. She keeps hugging him, and he's just kind of his hands are kind of wandering around, and she's saying, "He's my daddy." And then she took them to the Playboy Mansion mm-hmm. because
2: she was Playmate of the Year, yes, and where she wears the Marilyn
0: Monroe dress, yeah, the infamous, and. I don't know who said this. I Oh, it was the brother. The I brother think, says this. this. He says my father is not the type of guy you want to be alone with. He's a monster. Mm. He raped his wife's sister when she was a child and um he's a scary person. Brother was always afraid of him and so he actually let her know this. And then she Anna told Missy that her father tried to have sex with her on yes. this trip. Yeah. So that was the end
2: of that. Uh, you know, and, father but, fantasy Yeah. she had. Well, and then Donnie at first was like, I think the filmmakers are maybe telling him this. And at first Donnie's like, oh, but I was with him the whole time. And then Donnie's like, but I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. It was so interesting too. And the, the funniest thing too is when you see, she's, this is all being recorded for something. Like, is it being recorded for a documentary? Is it being, like, there's a I lot think, of things being yeah, recorded. And you're yeah. like, what is this
0: being recorded for? She might have for? been one of those people who
2: record everything, Yeah. You know? Or is it like, is this being recorded for some Playboy thing, like yeah. behind the scenes? Maybe. And then they show you how, you see that where she talks about how she she reached out to her father. and And then we hear Donnie's side of the story about how, like, this, this person called us and, and then it was Anna who called us. And then my father got on the phone. It was very matter of fact, like, yeah, okay, we'll come out there. Great. And then we hear Anna's side of the story. And Anna's like, my dad said, oh yes, I've been waiting all my life for this phone call Mm. and blah, blah, blah. And you can see already like, oh, this is Anna. Anna makes up stories. Like Anna has, Anna lives in this weird fantasy world in her life. And and I think that we've, we have done these documentaries before about people who perpetually lie, who, you know, she is one of these people who lies, like makes up stories, makes up fantasies, like makes up things to make themselves look better, look, you know, either be the victim or be the hero or be whatever they mm-hmm. want to be in yeah. their, in their story, in their tale. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So now we see something that says a few months later. Anna is hospitalized because she ODs after a fight with her boyfriend. And then they also mentioned that four months prior to that, River Phoenix had died. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess apparently this was a big thing in the news because a lot of celebrities had been ODing from drug use. I don't know how any of this has to do with Anna, but... I guess apparently the stress of life had been getting to her. Her usage was getting worse. Pressure was rising. She was treating Marshall like um, J. Howard Marshall, like an ATM. She apparently had maxed out his credit card. I don't know how you max out a billionaire's credit card. And then the battles had really been starting with Marshall's son Pierce. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you watch the show Succession? No. Okay. Well, if anyone watches the show Succession, you know, which is about a family of billionaires where I guess Pierce has been dealing with his father his entire life. And apparently Marshall, J. J. Howard Marshall apparently was a bit of a tyrant and really terrible to his son Pierce. And I guess Pierce has been like, listen, I've been putting up with this right. guy my entire life. I'm inheriting all of this. I've been working for well, him. And Howard, he
0: uh, had disowned his other son. Oh, I didn't so he know He has that. another son who later kind of hooked up with Anna and tried to, oh. in the legal case. But yeah, he had completely disowned his other son over something. Mm-hmm. So this one son Pierce is the yeah. one who's been, yeah, he's been managing everything Yeah, putting putting up up with with this this guy for years, and then uh, this this woman comes along, and he's
2: just like, "Oh hell no!" Yeah, so, um, so he, uh, so he, this is when he starts to step in and say, "Oh no, this is (laughs) this is not happening. This is not." But he couldn't do anything about it.
0: They they got married. Their response to that was that they got married. Yeah. So he kind of pushed them. Together. I mean, he there was nothing he could do. I
2: mean... Well, but he eventually did do something. We see this later on. Who? Pierce did do something. Well, yeah, he fought her in the legal case. Mm-hmm. But, I mean,
0: there was nothing he could do. There was never a will. You know, he, she, he never changed his will or anything. Her whole legal case was based upon a promise mm-hmm. that she claimed that he made mm-hmm. to leave her half of everything. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit different. But the guy never changed his will, never, like other than the house he bought her or whatever never transferred any assets to her. Mm. So he actually, you know, did, you know, not have to I mean I mean nothing really terribly bad happened. He had to spend a lot of money on lawyers to find yeah. her, but otherwise anyway, they get married. I don't yeah. even know if they had any sort of a up. they don't talk about that. Yeah,
2: they don't talk about this at all, and they don't even tell you like w- w- dates or anything. It's yeah. just like it just in the documentary. And then it's around this time that Missy decided to leave, quit. Missy does reveal in the documentary that she and Anna become lovers. Mm-hmm. Missy had, had a really horrendous life. She talks about her own childhood that was full of abuse, mm-hmm. sexual abuse, physical abuse, and she doesn't trust men. And she talks about like she and Anna were lovers and. And that they had this intimate relationship, but by the time she got here, that she was an egotistical monster, she'd become a full-blown drug addict, and that she felt like she she was done, that she kept all of her secrets, she was very angry, and that she couldn't take it anymore. So she's gone. Mm -hmm. So Anna's very much on her own. But this is where I, I... I guess apparently, like Pierce was working behind the scenes, stripping Marshall of his power. That that Marshall had bought, that Jay Howard had bought um, Anna some diamonds, mm-hmm. and that then, um, th- this was the legal stuff that I didn't quite understand. That then he had to like re- make Anna return the diamonds. Do you remember this? I don't, I don't remember the diamonds thing at all. I I, I have here that he... And then he, he went into a decline. He was so depressed. And that, that then Pierce... And that he went into the hospital. And that Pierce then blocked Anna from seeing um, Jay Howard in the hospital. And that then she even had to go to court to get visitation rights mm. to see him. Do you remember any of this? Well, I just have written down
0: that... I, yeah, I know he prevented Anna from seeing him... And um, she had to go to court to try to see him. He mm-hmm. cut her off for any money for her agents and her her stuff. Um, yeah, so he was taking some action. But in the meantime, you know, he's calling her and leaving her all these messages. Like, he seems confused. Like, you know, like, where are you? And I miss you. And- but I
2: thought that was around the time that they shortly after they got married. Well, yeah. Well, that's well. According to the documentary, this all happened
0: in in this succession, this mm. quick succession. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, this is not
2: a yeah. Not again, very the doc well. again the documentary didn't do a very good job of it showing just, us the timeline. It, it, it
0: just kind of like dumps a bunch of shit on you, yeah, bunch of, and no context as to time or anything. And they they make they say very just kind of broad statements, mm-hmm. no details. Don't really explain anything.
2: Well. So I thought that's what I wrote down what they were saying, which was that during this time that when Pierce kind of got wind of, oh, crap, these two got married, I better start working behind right. the scenes, that he did figure out something with the trust that that started to reduce um his father's power Power. yeah that that really and that that coupled with the fact that anna wasn't really around too much that once they got married that she was like okay now i'm gonna go again like mm -hmm. she would kind of dip in and out right Mm -hmm. that that he started to really go into decline he was also 90 that you know that he started to go into decline that pierce is working behind the scenes that she then you know uh that she had to fight for visitation. She sees him in the hospital. We see that photo. He then dies at 90. He has a $1.6 billion. Um, he apparently promises her, apparently there's no nothing in writing. No, of course not. There's nothing in writing. So he promises half, half her money. Um, and one of the things, as we mentioned earlier, she was very much protected by him in many ways, that he was funding a lot of stuff for her, Mm -hmm. that her money's now cut off, her money's cut off. Yeah. And so she's now broke.
0: She ended up having to file bankruptcy, which led to a very interesting turn of events.
2: Um, and that. All of these people that were connected to her, like William Morris dumps her, fashion contracts aren't renewed. And the other thing is pills are very, very expensive. Like, yes, you can get them from doctors, but doctor shopping and all of that's tough. But you could also get pills. You can buy pills, you know, on the on the street from people. And it's very expensive to buy pills. So I think that she had a very hardcore drug problem. Mm -hmm. So if she was buying the pills, that's where I think a lot of her money was going.
0: Yeah, and then enter Howard K. Stern. Howard, is it K or J? I kept saying K. K. J. It's K. K. Howard K. Stern. Not to be confused with, with the other with Howard. The other Howard Stern. So I have to say
2: Howard K. Stern, the lawyer.
0: Yeah, so he, he was described as a low-level attorney. He thought he would move in and get the money. This was according to RuPaul. See, yes. another random yes. thing. All of a sudden, that Ru- was random. RuPaul is, is being <laughs> interviewed. And it's like, whoa. Okay. Why are you here? Yeah, so... So and then they just cut to her testifying in the probate court in Houston. And, um, you know, so anyway, that they had a whole trial on that. And uh, 13 out of the 16 people on the jury were women Uh and she received nothing.
2: Um, yeah, this the the uh, attorney, Rusty Hardin, who was Pierce Marshall's attorney, he fe- he was very proud of himself. Oh, yeah. He was. He was he just like, Annacle. yeah, he, he was like, I'm just going to let her hang herself. Yeah. And the strange thing,
0: they don't go into this in the, in the documentary, but it, she did file bankruptcy and the bankruptcy court did this really weird thing where they made a finding that even though the state court probate court said, no, you're not entitled to, entitled to anything. <clears throat> the bankruptcy court made some finding that she was entitled that she was entitled to like four hundred and something million dollars, and which was very weird because they don't even have jurisdiction at that's federal court federal jurisdiction, and then the case went on this securities route of. Going into different state and federal mm. courts and being appealed, it made its way to the goddamn Supreme Court. Yes, we
2: see that later on. I was going to ask you about that, like how in God's name it did was the stupid so. Thing weird. Go to I was Supreme. reading
0: about it this morning and like all the things that happened mm-hmm. and it kind of bounced between state and federal court because really the the issue in the case had nothing to do with really Anna Nicole Smith and this whether she mm-hmm. uh, she was promised this money. It had to do with a federal court imposing jurisdiction over a state matter mm-hmm. and whether or not that was constitutional or not, because the Bush administration was interested in expanding the powers of the federal courts. And mm-hmm. so they kind of I think they used this as a test case. Oh, this is a real nerdy thing, but it's like the the case went to mul- like the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals a couple times you know, kept going back and forth, state and federal, ended up in the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, no, they didn't have the jurisdiction to do that. Mm -hmm. The federal court cannot get involved in, you know, the state court matter. So, it was a real, like, legal uh, precedent, and I can't believe it came from, you know, Mm -hmm. this lady. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So, but, of course, they explain nothing. Yes. Uh, uh, I mean, it's hard to explain, but they explain nothing in the yes. documentary and then
2: they just move on to yeah. reality well, TV time. But the thing is, is what's and, and so what the documentary could have done, which was a bit interesting, was we now moved to 2002. It's the early days of reality television. Anna is at a very weird point, right, where nothing's going on for her. Whatever yeah, She needs fa- money. She needs money. Whatever fame she has is gone. Yeah. And here's reality television. The Osbournes are huge. Mm-hmm. She was someone that e-television liked mm-hmm. and they approached her about doing a show which was actually good for her because she really can't do much like mm-hmm. she's not an actress she's not this she's not that which is good for reality television this is around the time of nick and jessica on mtv and they approach her about doing this show and she does it and it becomes a bit of a hit and but for all the wrong reasons yeah and then all of a sudden we meet all of these men this Paul and patrick oh, paul
0: and patrick Yeah did you
2: did you listen to them on juicy scoop um, well, I listened to Jeff Lewis
0: radio oh, and, they, and they're always on there. Yeah. Yeah. And talking, But about I them. didn't listen to the juicy scoop interview about it because I, I just felt like, I'm like, I don't think I can take it. Yeah. These, these two guys talking about how wonderful Anna Nicole yes. is. Yes, Well, yeah,
2: that was my, so I, I listened to them on juicy scoop. Um, they seem to really think Anna is a lot more dynamic and special than I do yeah um i uh, you know and they're kind of an interesting pair yeah <laughs> to say the least they're goofy they're I mean, very they are i i also wonder how in god's name do they make money and <laughs> well
0: they have a reality show this guy paula too mm-hmm. is a designer yes and he that- actually dresses a lot of famous people yes yes at women and they have this reality show called It's not say yes to the dress, but it's a play on words of say yes to the dress, I think. Okay. Something like that. But yeah, where famous people come in and you watch them get their, you know, gown design and whatever. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So, and they do other things too, what I don't know, but... Mm -hmm. But
2: they were friends with her. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, and so they start talking about the show and how they had to kind of, like, fill time and um, talking about how the media was very, very harsh about her weight. Because in between that time, she had, you know, when she was out of the spotlight, she had gained a lot of weight. Um, and that she had developed an eating disorder from her time, you know, she had been told that she needed to lose weight from the time that she started at Playboy. Um and uh, and then this was very strange. Again, this was you know, um, they 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 jumped right to the trim spa stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because but the reality show was on for a couple years. What's like yeah, well remember. the reality show was on for I want to say three four years, and she was heavy for a three a couple years, mm-hmm. and then it was the trim spa stuff, right? And it was a little. Then we meet Howard K. Stern's sister. And she's talking about, again, the storytelling is very off. Like, so she's talking about, "Wow, we met, we lost like 25, 30 pounds. And it was like, so you lost that naturally. And then she started trim spa. Did you try trim spa first? And then this, and then she's talking about going over to Anna Nicole's and she has this white ring around her mouth because of dehydration. So you're saying that she's starving herself and she's taking diuretics. Do you remember this story? I was just oh, like, very what? little. Yeah, I mean, they're talking about how and and Anna won't let her call a doctor because she's you know she's starving herself. It's just the stories oh, are very frustrating because you you kind of don't know well, where yeah, they are. Yeah, and you don't you don't know what to believe. Yeah. So, so Anna loses a ton of weight. She of course you know she looks a beautiful woman. She looks great. She's kind of quote unquote back. Um, and then there's tons of stories about her being back, so she becomes the spokesperson for Trim Spa, and Trim Spot takes off. It becomes huge. Mm-hmm. It becomes this big thing. And essentially, Trim Spot is like any of these other diet drugs. It's it's like it's a it's like amphetamine. Yeah, so. it's like it's supposed to be quote unquote ephedra free, but it's it's some other it's another kind of yeah. like speed type drug, diet pills. And then she, and then what happens is, I, I'm sure that Trim Spot. She's still, despite everything, she is still, despite sort of, like, after her infamous OD, she, her, her, people, people know that she is kind of looping out of it, but it's not really spoken of. Like, it, it, it's sort of this, this thing that people know, but is not, I don't know how to explain it. It's well, well, this unspoken thing, but everyone knows that she's out of it. I'm sure the trim spot did not do well with all the other drugs, but she has this infamous thing of her going to the American music awards and introing Kanye. Do you remember that? They show that where well, she's saw the clip. I didn't really see it real high time. and bizarre. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, she was high. And, you know, I think,
2: but, but then that, that, um, her bodyguard Momo says, but she seemed very lucid. So he was, he was saying what he was implying was That she comes across on stage as being really high and out Mm -hmm. of it. But then once she's backstage, she's normal. Well, maybe I guess that was her act. Was Was that the act? I guess. I don't know.
0: I don't know. But that gives her tons of attention. Yeah, she loves attention. Mm -hmm. People have always said that. So then she um, meets this guy, Larry Burkhead, who's a photographer. Mm -hmm. She meets him at the Kentucky Derby. And... She, she says she wanted to have another baby, but she didn't want the father to have
2: any rights. And she thought that he was on the same page. This, this whole thing really, really bothered me. This whole thing. And Paul and Patrick talked about this on Juicy Scoop too. And I have a lot of feelings about this, which is she wants to have a baby. She wants to have a little girl. And I think Paul and Patrick talked about this where they, she also wanted to have, she wanted to have a blonde. She wanted to have a little girl that was Mm -hmm. blonde. So and she wanted to have someone yes she wanted to have another child much like Daniel with without a father no no okay I got a crazy idea Anna if that's what you want go to a goddamn sperm bank you're acting like this is an impossible thing for well, you to do she just uses
0: people in
2: this modern world and she doesn't want to have to pay for it she just thinks this guy is so dumb like that yeah. he'll just But what Paul and Patrick were saying was they were so dismissive of Larry Burkhead. They were so like, oh, he's a user. He's this. He's that. He just used her. He he was using her for fame. He was using her to get ahead. He was using her for this. And I'm like, okay, just like Anna used J. Marshall Howard, just like she used this. Like, Anna's a user. And, And so you cannot exactly get on Larry about this. And also, you know, you like... Okay, I'm sorry, but you can't get mad at someone because they I mean, we don't quite know exactly what the deal was. No one quite knows what the deal was between these two people. But if there even was one, I mean, maybe
0: they just hooked up and had sex and she's thinking in her mind she's going to use this guy to have a baby and she doesn't communicate any of this to him. And then, uh, you know, when the baby by the time it was out that she was pregnant and she'd already, like, fled to the Bahamas. Yes. And he had to go through all kinds of stuff to, you know, get a DNA test at the end there. But, um, no, this is, I mean, this is just a revisionist history,
2: you yeah. know? It's just, We're
0: whatever. They're all saying,
2: like, oh, she couldn't stand him, you know, all of this stuff. It's like, okay, then why Why are you, what? Like, How do you know? Why are you complicating? But. There's a little bit of like then you decide to have a why are you complicating your life? Why why have a baby with someone you cannot stand? You can't just use this guy as a sperm donor. Well, then Anna, then go find a sperm donor. She gets what she
0: Ugh. wants. So, so anyway, then enter a uh, Dr. Sandeep. Uh yes. Um, he took over a practice from whoever whatever doctor she was seeing and um this guy was giving her methadone and she had such a high tolerance for any of these drugs. I don't know. This guy seemed like a bit of a, um, a pusher, although he mm-hmm. was he was later found to be, you know, they investigated him and they yeah. found him to be clean. I guess, you know, he didn't do anything wrong, but I don't know. But well, he's on this documentary just freely talking about Yeah. You know, all the drugs he gave her.
2: Her pain, she must have had, they must have, she must have gotten to a point with her pain meds where someone must have said to her, like, listen, you've got such a pain thing. So you either you have to get off. What happens, right, is someone convinces you, you've got to either get off all these pain meds or we're going to put you on some kind of methadone and you've got to be on this methadone for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And I had a client when I was working in drug and alcohol treatment, I had a client who, had to who detoxed off methadone. This girl was nineteen twenty at the time. It was the nastiest detox I have ever seen. Young girl, healthy, young. That stuff is gross to get off of. So, you know, once you get on met- methadone, it is impossible to but get I off. But I thought of. methadone was what you took to get off of, no. like heroin no. or something. It is all methadone is. It's like a. um it's just like a, it's a, it's a aid. It's just a band aid. Basically mm. what you're doing is you're just saying to someone like a heroin addict, okay, we don't want you taking heroin. We don't want you committing crimes. We'll just put you on methadone. It keeps you, I don't know. I, and I don't really know how high methadone makes you, but it just kind of keeps you on this even keel and, you know, just keeps you just going. So you don't overdose. So you don't overdose. So you don't do anything terrible. So you just kind of maintain. Ugh. And, um, and obviously, and this was one of the reasons that's one of the things that hurt, that killed Daniel in the end, was yeah. he was experimenting with this methadone that she was taking. But that's pretty hardcore. Um, you know, if she was, I mean, she must have been on this methadone for a long time. And also pregnant? I oh, mean, oh, yeah.
0: V, yeah, so she makes this video where she confirms that she's pregnant, and she says that Howard K. Stern is the father and then around this time Daniel really starts changing. He's drinking a lot. He's taking his mom's methadone. Mm-hmm. I have here the Supreme Court took her case. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is just this is how this documentary goes. Yeah. It's just like, okay, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Yeah. So, Larry is trying to establish custody. Mm-hmm. So, she flees to the Bahamas because I guess in the Bahamas, whoever's on the birth certificate as the father, yeah, whoever is signs the father? it is the father. And she had some sort of a connection with somebody over there in order to uh, get some sort of, not citizenship, but residency or something. Mm-hmm. And there were some rumors that she slept with some guy who was like the minister of, you know, passports or immigration <laughs> <God>. or something. <laughs> so, that, so that they could stay there. Um yeah, and but she's calling Doctor Sandeep, you yeah. know, from because she's going to run out of her she's, methadone, she's, which would more be methadone. nasty. And uh, he, he said stopping could be deadly, but the baby, yes, yeah. so yeah, um, yeah, I, she must have taken that all throughout that Ugh. pregnancy because if it's that hard to get off of, like, yeah, you no, know, I, I don't know, and then and then the doctor says Daniel called him. Yeah. And said that he and his mother weren't getting along and he seemed very anxious, not doing well. Um, And he gets admitted to the hospital. To the hospital in L.A. or?
2: Yeah. L.A. So he's still back home. He's taking Lexapro, Lexapro, which is for anxiety, which is not a heavy duty drug. No. I mean, lots of people take Lexapro, it's pretty common for anxiety. But I and I guess that he gets the Lexapro, but apparently he also has I guess he's a really afraid of flying. I guess he doesn't fly much. So he has to fly to the Bahamas. So mm-hmm. apparently I think he took something took too to much. fly. So he's experimenting with mom's methadone. He's taking this Lexapro. And I guess he maybe took something else to fly. Mm. So maybe all these things together and maybe some other things. And my guess would also be that when he went to the doctor. Um, at the hospital, my guess is he probably didn't say, I'm also, you know, this is also what people do is they don't tell people like, yeah, I'm kind of taking Lexapro, and I went to this party the other night and did a bunch of Coke and, Mm -hmm. you know, people don't tell people what they're doing.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So September 7th, 2006, Danny Lynn is born. Daniel comes to the hospital and the dies
2: the next day from a toxic, uh, overdose. Yeah. I guess he arrives. So she, she is born september 7th he arrives on september 9th and then he dies the next day on the 10th Mm. which is really tragic i mean horrible yeah and she's horrible situation she's
0: just obviously a wreck and didn't want to live and i guess it took a long time for them to bury him because of different you know issues like and and but when they've had the funeral i read this i don't think this was Mm -hmm. this was
2: not again this was not in the documentary because this was all i remember all this in the news i remember them trying to yeah all this burial stuff and where to bury him and all that you know and then finally when like
0: they were burying him you know she asked them to open the casket and she tried to get in the casket yeah and wouldn't get out (laughs) it's just awful and so yeah but she her bodyguard, Momo, told her she had to live for Danny Lynn, but mm-hmm. she just wanted to be with Daniel. She just wanted to take pills and sleep. And so then, I guess, one month after Daniel's death, Larry Burkhead comes forward. Um, Howard K. Stern is still claiming he's the father. And uh,
2: and she does. You know what? The other thing, too, is they didn't talk about this. Doesn't she legally marry Dan, well Howard Stern at some it point? Wasn't Howard legal. K Stern it oh, it's was not legal they
0: had a ceremony uh-huh. in the Bahamas um like literally a couple weeks after Daniel's death mm-hmm. and but from what I read it wasn't they had no marriage certificate it wasn't legal but they were just kind of doing it I think to maybe scare off Larry Burkett I don't know mm-hmm. um so that that was meaningless but um so that's like now we're into I don't know what month that is. But anyway, four months after that um, February, is, is when she, she dies. February 8th,
2: 2007.
0: Yeah, and she's in Florida at the Hard Rock Hotel. Is that where she is? Yeah. Okay. I don't, so, um, she, you know, she just overdosed. Um, yeah. And at the time, everyone was focused on Howard K. Stern. They were blaming him and because... He was enabling her and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, they blamed the doctor, Sandeep, but, you know, no charges were filed against him or nothing came of it or whatever. But it all was just very, the whole thing was just very super sad. And now you have this little baby girl
2: Mm -hmm. who, you know, her family is dead and... Um, well, thank and thank God for Larry Burkhead. I mean, I think now, right, we see he yeah, has a he's, pretty stable he's, life he's with at, him. She's lived with him in Kentucky yeah. this whole time,
0: and he doesn't exploit her at all. He takes her to the Kentucky Derby every mm-hmm. year. you know, see pictures of them. I but, mean,
2: I think that they do. I do think that, right, he sells some pictures here and there. I mean, I think he has to kind of live and yeah. Well, and people want to see her, and he probably knows people
0: want to see her, but he's not exploited her yeah. at all, and hopefully she's had a normal childhood. But he finally gets, I can't remember, he he was trying to get a DNA test in uh the Bahamas, mm-hmm. and he was going through legal processes to try to do that, and he couldn't, I don't think he ever made that happen. He had to w- wait till he had to get some kind of a warrant or something, Mm -hmm. but he got his, he got the DNA test in the United States and um, he was the father. Yeah. So luckily, you know, she had someone to raise to raise her
2: and, you know, it seems to yeah. like turned out well. And the other thing is, which I think is kind of interesting as opposed to, like, some of these other people that are talking poorly about him is, you know, Larry's never, never talked poorly of her. Mm-hmm. Never talked poorly of any of these other no. people. He's really kept his mouth shut. And, yeah, he's, she seems like, a you know, we don't hear about her getting DUIs yeah. and, you know, she's 16, 17 now, right? I mean, what, what she's year was she born? 16, she's 20, 2006. She's 17 now, yeah. right? Almost 17. So you know, she's, she's obviously a nice person and hopefully well adjusted and all of these things. So obviously he's done a good job. And, and I just do think it's interesting when I heard uh, Patrick and Paul on Juicy Scoop, how rough they were on him Mm. and how just, it's a little bit of, well, hold on a second. You know, he, he's been, you know, he's done a, good job he's not yeah. slamming anybody I don't see what he's there not is to be upset with him I, he's not he he's not slamming her name he's not doing anything terrible i don't see him she's dragging, the one who, who lied to everybody yeah dragging used, him used through him the mud or anything give me a break so at the very end of this um missy you know missy initially felt like you know she felt very sad when she heard that anna died and she you know she said that Anna always said that she would die young and she felt terrible. And then she says, you know, I see her on TV talking about how her childhood, um, talking about her childhood. And Missy says, she's talking about my childhood Mm -hmm. and saying it exactly how I. So she took her story. Took her My story. And then we meet. Anna's brother. And the brother says that Virgie, Anna's mom, did not abuse Anna. Um, You know, the one that that all of those stories that Anna talked about. And even as we see in the first scene of the documentary where Anna shows us this is the house that I grew up yeah, in. Yeah, She does this video where she's showing everybody where she went to high school, where she lived.
0: Turned out that was that was not her house. Yes. That she, she showed some rundown house. She grew up in this pretty nice, you yes, know, like bedroom, middle class yeah. neighborhood,
2: nice house. It was all a lie. Yeah. It was a story. That she grew up in this like, yeah, nice home with a carport, three bedroom that Missy says that, you know, that the person that rescued Anna over and over again was her mother, that because her mother had this law background that, that it kind of saved them, mm. that, um, That, uh, that, that, uh, Anna, you know, really, and Anna's big thing was, I don't want to be a mother like my mother. And, um, uh, that, uh, you know, that the big story was that that Virgie would go to Anna and say, why would you make up these stories? And she would say, you know, this made me more money. This did this for me. This did that for me. And, you know, as I was saying earlier, her big reasoning was, this is my life. And, um, you know, that's why I keep coming back to this. What I, In my notes, it was just like, she has this um, hustler mentality. You know, it's like this hustler mm-hmm. mentality of, it doesn't matter at all, you know, what you say, what you do, it doesn't matter. It's just about this bottom line. It's about getting paid. It's about getting what I want. doesn't matter who I hurt, who you know, who it affects, how it affects other people. It's about, you know, me, me, me and what I do and what does it matter? And it's a little bit of like, yeah, it, it does. And ultimately, I'm sorry, but like in the end it did matter because it, it did hurt your son and this was the, pro- what happened was that your son did get hurt mm-hmm. and he was hurting and you weren't, because of your drug abuse, because of your issues, because of your drug abuse, because of your selfishness, you weren't paying fucking attention but see, to him. She's, all this stuff you're saying, this stuff doesn't even enter
0: her mind. She's not, she has made it again, she has made up a story in her mind about every single thing about her life, none of which is true. She doesn't care. She was just not a good person, you know? just really messed up and i don't know if she was always like that since she was a child or
2: kind of so seemed- you don't think you don't think that even way back way back 15 16 that she was well her mother talked about how she was always oh, as a teenager
0: you know before she had daniel mm-hmm. she was always Sneaking out of the house, leaving the house. Mm-hmm. She was dating some
2: 29-year-old oh, yeah. man. that was And like, she oof. was
0: sneaking out of the house. They had to board up the windows and stuff so mm-hmm. she wouldn't get out. But somehow she still managed to get out. You know, she. I think she's always just been off, mm-hmm. you know. But I don't know. Actually, you know, I misspoke earlier about um, that Dr. Sandeep Kapoor and Howard mm-hmm. K. Stern. They were charged. Yeah, but it was conspiring to supply controlled substances to an addict, and Dr. Kapoor was acquitted. Stern was found guilty, but the conviction was later dismissed. Mm
2: -hmm. That was in the end of the the chiron, the thing, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I remember when that happened,
0: there was a lot of of people coming down on this Howard K. Stern. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, what is he supposed to do? As if he can control her, you know? I mean,
2: she was uncontrollable. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uncontrollable.
2: Yeah, well, so the consensus is documentary bad, Anna asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think the documentarians tried. It was just... A lot. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like if they had taken this approach of talking because I do think some of the few things that I thought were interesting was I think when she was on Arsenio Hall and she was talking about sex and kind of putting Arsenio because Arsenio was asking her some questions about faking orgasms. And she was very and she put it back on him and she was very honest. I thought that part was really interesting. I think like How she, you know, just the beginning of reality television and using Mm -hmm. that to her advantage. And um, I think that she was smart. I think that she was smart in some ways. I think, um, I do think that she was, you know, she, listen, she hook, line, sinker, a billionaire. I mean, I think she, I think she was. She did have some things going for her. I do think that she obviously had charms and, and other things. I think that if they focused on some of those things, how she got the paparazzi, you know, so fascinated by her. I think that if they had focused on that and women and women in the early 2000s, some of that stuff some of these things that are coming up again, the Paris Hilton stuff. I mean, this was this era. I think that would have been a six hour documentary. I know, but I think that if they had used some of those pieces and showed it in this other way, it might've been a little more interesting. I don't know, but they really just kind of missed the boat. Okay. We're wrapping it up. We're We're wrapping it up.
0: Wrapping it up. (laughs) Um, Thanks for hanging in there. If you're still with us, uh, If you like our podcast, please give us a five-star rating and review. And you can find us on social media at Psych Legal Pop on Instagram and TikTok. And uh, we'll see you next
2: time. Yeah. And subscribe. Oh, that's right. Subscribe too. Yes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Mm.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.